0: Well, today on the show, we're celebrating the West Cork Literary Festival, which is up and running and continues all week. One of the youngest authors on the programme this year in Bantry is poet Molly Toomey, whose debut collection is called Raised Among Vultures. And in association with Poetry Ireland, Molly will share an evening with poet Hannah Sullivan on Thursday night in the Maritime Hotel.
1: Now, ahead of the festival, Elmerie chatted to Molly about being a young poet and about the very personal journey that she has charted in this book as she shares her vulnerable self through her battle with an eating disorder.
0: Molly, when I first picked up the book, I had absolutely no idea what the poems you had written were all about, whether they were a unifying thread going through them all or was it a single journey or was it a collection? And I just happened to read the poem the drop-off first. And gosh, that hit me. So tell me about where this collection came from.
1: Yeah, so I suppose it's really um, a book of poems. The the poems have been written over the last few years, really. And I suppose the the common theme would, would be you know, growing up in Ireland as a, as a young woman and, you know, the different relationships that I have and I suppose issues as well, particularly around mental illness is very to the fore in the book. And so that's basically it. I would say relationships and um, particularly eating disorders would, would be a big theme in the book and then essentially life as a young woman in Ireland today.
0: When I read that poem, The Drop Off, there was so many things conveyed and painted about the relationship between the father and daughter on this car journey. And I wonder, would you read that poem for us?
1: Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Um, so the the poem is, is about going to the residential treatment centre uh, with my dad um, Which when I was being treated for an eating disorder in about 2015. So it's called The Drop-Off. Everything's a blur. You don't play talking heads, Bob Dylan, talk about work or your iffy stomach. You read the road as if it's encrypted with what a father should say on a drive like this. Should I apologise for your missed appointments, unread emails, There is always someone who needs you more. Mostly, I'm sorry that I'm not as happy as you raised me to be. I want to ask the GPS the quickest route to end this silence. When we reach the centre, you pull up and go straight for the boot. This is what you know to do, to lift the heavy thing. Tell me to take your good umbrella. You drag my suitcase to the door, where the nurse stands with a notepad and clutches your arm. I'll come back soon, you say. But she smiles and says, it's better if you don't.
0: <sighs> when I read that first, I was just so broken hearted for the two people in this car The dad, I could see him like jeepers Mm -hmm. the way you paint it, like literally reading, reading the road ahead, wanting the words, not having the words. Two people, you know, when you sit side by side in a car on a long journey, you're like literally and figuratively sharing a journey and, you know, like less than a foot apart from each other, like, you know, six inches away, elbow to elbow, not able to communicate. Each person not able to actually verbalise the love, the fear, the regret, the confusion and everything like that between two people. I just thought then, you know, the way you painted your dad getting in there and... Doing the heavy thing and lifting, and you know the the kind yeah. of busyness that 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 takes over when people yeah. are unable to to bridge the communication confusion and the gap that exists. Yeah. You know when someone is struggling, and God, I I just think like to come back and visit a time in your life when you felt broken, were struggling, and life doesn't make sense. Yes. The world doesn't make sense when the most basic thing of feeding ourselves doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And to to go back and visit that in this book was this cathartic writing.
1: How does it feel to write, to go back and write about it? I suppose originally I started out writing for cathartic reasons. When I was in treatment I wrote, uh, all of the time I wrote poems the whole time I was there, but they were very much like very emotionally driven, very extreme kind of poetry. And and I suppose my relationship to poetry has changed and morphed over time and it has become more of a thing uh, that I see as an art form now uh, in comparison to when I kind of was starting so I suppose originally the answer would be originally it was it definitely was a cathartic thing but at this stage it's almost like a self-examination or something you know it, it, it grew into a kind of a thing where I was thinking looking back at my past self and, and trying to figure her out like trying to figure what was going what was going on like what was I thinking at that time. Like why why did this happen? You know it was kind of and I suppose with poetry you know it it probably creates more questions than it <laughs> resolves. Um, so I suppose it's really been. A kind of self-reflective thing for me. So I suppose my relationship to poetry uh, has changed and continues to change and evolve as I continue to write really.
0: What is the reception like when you travel and and read this collection at festivals? I mean I know it's a year I suppose really since its formal publication and launch so Mm -hmm. you've been essentially on the road with this book now for for a year so does it feel like another person? Does it feel like another (laughs) world
1: yeah I mean I mean to some extent for sure it does feel like another world and and I can't you know having felt that bad it is miraculous to feel so content now you know what I mean and for things to be so much easier now is amazing and and for sure sometimes I look back at at myself through poetry and kind of think I don't think I realized how awful it was at the time and and now I do and that's kind of an incredible thing and and I suppose you know my hope is that you know anyone who is struggling in particular with an eating disorder can can get to a stage where I am at um which is a a thing where you're talking about an eating disorder almost in the past and and it feels you know almost sometimes it feels scary to talk about my eating disorder in the past because it's still something that I am Super aware of, um, and that I, I work really hard to not fall into past behaviors. But it also feels quite amazing and freeing to speak about it in that kind of past tense way. So to to go to to answer your question, to go to all these festivals and, and talk about my past self is incredible. Actually, it does it feels like a celebration, you know, even though obviously a lot of the details in the past are quite can be bleak and stuff. Mm. It does feel like a, a shedding of a, a former self and a and a moving on well,
0: you know, in a way, like I love the fact that how you're so honest in not just that that is, I suppose, the the journey that we follow you through in the collection of poetry, but also, you know, those who will be as close to you as they could possibly be and and the difficulty that there is in, in kind of moving on with communication and understanding, like the poem, for example, Zipping Up My Mother's Dress. And, yeah. and, I, and I love how just the, the sheer honesty that there is and how women talk to each other, even though we may be talking to somebody that we love so, so deeply and be aware of a trauma that they've come through or whatever. And, you know, we still say things that... Can be yeah. interpreted and just, yeah. uh, but it's also the world women exist in, and yeah. and I love how that's so honestly uh, come through. That are there any poems for you in this now? Not just on from your journey, and not just twelve months on from the publication, but but just now that you feel I really. I've left that part behind I find poems too hard to read yeah. are there certain any oh, of yeah. them that you're just and I'm not asking you to yeah. visit them now but
1: yeah definitely and actually I'm glad you asked me that nobody's ever asked me that and there, there is there's lots of poems in the book that I never read in public and there, I did do a reading in Bray Literary Festival which was on body shame and identity and I read some of them there and actually it was really difficult and I suppose the reason I read them there was, was because of that whole shame element and mm-hmm. stuff and I was like well I'm going to push myself I'm going to read the poems that like I'm ashamed about that time or you know I still feel complex about that time so definitely there are and I I still feel like those are important to include maybe even if it is still and, and maybe will forever be difficult for me to talk about them I still feel like that's almost why they should be in there because there's other people obviously who have these kind of experiences or similar experiences and I think it's really important that we can know that about each other that we can know that there are other people who've experienced uh different hardships and that we like nobody is alone in the world you know mm. so I think like yeah I might, might never might never read them again or or for the first time but I'm glad that they're in the book
0: and you finish with Kinsale, a town close to my heart. Tell me about the visit that inspired inspired this particular poem.
1: Um, so, me and my partner went to Kinsale as as we do sometimes, especially if it's sunny. And we were in the car, uh, driving along slowly, lots of traffic. And I noticed this house with a concrete um, garden, and I just started giving out to my partner uh, for ages, you know, about how there should be plants, uh, flowers, uh, bees, and all sorts of insects in the garden you know they should be feeding birds all of these things um because obviously there is the matter of climate change and we should all be doing something and i suppose i was also jealous that that someone else owns a house and they're not doing something with it um but i suppose that my partner eventually after i had given out for ages turned around and he said well it clearly looks built for accessibility purposes so I really had to reflect on myself uh, and my, I suppose, in that instance, my decision to jump jump to judgment without uh, knowing the full story.
0: I know, but the final lines of that poem are lines that really, again, touched me so much. How can anything flourish or live if we don't allow space for one another to grow? My God, I'd create an Eden on our front lawn. And the thing is, that's what we should do. In every aspect of our lives, you know, and then for one reason or another, maybe there are times when we need paving stones and maybe there are times when we're surrounded by the bees. But like, that's what we should be doing all the time. And I thought that was an amazing line to finish Uh, uh, a final poem with.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so funny. Thank you. I'm really glad that so I my my editor chose to put it as the last poem in ah. the book, and I'm I'm really glad that he did because I I love that it does end on on such a, a kind of hopeful note, you know, and a note that's looking to the future, you know.
0: Okay, so when you actually did work with your editor then on shaping the journey Mm. that people would travel through, if they did read the poems chronologically or visited in that way, did that change your perception of what you had written? Mm.
1: Ah yeah, my editor was amazing, like he really kind of sat down and gave loads of time to the the structure of the book, which of course as a writer of a debut collection, you know I don't have experience of that, <laughs> so um, I feel a lot more confident now in my ability to know how something could be structured in a kind of effective way, but uh, my editor in, in, was really, really um, brilliant uh, at giving me that advice in, at the initial stages and, and kind of thinking about which poem should go where and you know particularly when it comes to the first poem of a collection and and the last poem of a collection you know there's those poems hold quite an enormous amount of weight you know because you you kind of want to grab someone's attention, but you, you also want them to be thinking about the book long after. So, yeah, he was just really fantastic. And I suppose now I'm looking at collections with a much bigger picture in mind, thinking more about the structure of the book, whereas before I probably thought more about like individual poems and, and the effect they can have rather than thinking about the, the whole book as an
0: art piece. Writing and making a living as a writer and poetry and making a living as a poet. Let's face it, it's daunting, Molly. You know, the there's um, there's this big second album kind of hanging over you. What's what's in yeah. what's what's in the pipeline at the moment?
1: Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, um yeah, I suppose I have just returned from a residency in, in Manchester, which was supported by Poetry Ireland, which was amazing. And I suppose I'm I'm reading and writing, and I am teaching as well. So I'll be teaching in Dungarvan Library soon. And I suppose yeah, I'm just just you know hoping for the best. I do have new poems. I am. Writing about new things, which is great. Yeah, and just kind of hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> really. So, and I used well, to, yeah, I do have big big fears about a debut collection but I am I am also aware that look at sure, look it takes time and someone said to me recently you know when you think about the poems in your first book and how long it took you to get to that stage you know you can't expect to have your second book you know a couple of months later so <laughs> I am trying to take it easier on myself and, and not to be so pressurising I suppose to mm. myself because that just doesn't help when you sit down to write at all you know
0: No and like are you a, a reviser do you you know oh, yeah. scratch out delete
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or do you save multiple versions of the same file?
1: I I kind of do both. So I will like <laughs> if I'll, I'll write it. Draft of a poem, um, and I leave the first draft there. I'll copy and paste it down yeah. below. I'll write it again, but then I'll do loads of deleting and all this, and then yeah. I might copy and paste and write it again. You know, uh, and occasionally I do I do use pen and and notepad. I do sit then and I'll I'll have it typed up, but I'll write it as well. And then mm. for a while I went through a phase of using a whiteboard as well because it's all about oh. just kind of changing the way yes. you see it. You
0: know, My so gosh, yeah, all of us, yeah. all of us. Yeah, listen, yeah, it Molly. Gets- Enjoy Bantry. Enjoy Bantry. Uh, Thank you so uh, much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that chat with Molly. Her book is called Raised Among Vultures and she's with Hannah Sullivan in the Maritime Hotel on Thursday night with all the details on westcorkmusic.ie.